and then we get to the river. Yet again, there's a bridge. There's no visible pedestrian path. You're listening to Take Off to Travel, a weekly dive into the travels of your hosts, Colin and Olivia. We're going on a world trip for 13 months with just $25,000 each. Each week, you'll hear our tales, tips, and tricks as we explore the world. Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of Take Off to Travel. I'm your host, Colin. And I'm Olivia. And to call ourselves out a little bit, it's been two weeks since we've recorded. Uh, We planned on putting an episode out every week, but things got a little busy, as you'll hear. We are going to talk about what we've done over the past two weeks. Brief overview of the big things. We went to a lake outside the city, spent a couple hours there. We went to Chiang Rai, and we went to an all-day cooking class. So to get us started, I think we should talk about the lake, because that was our first really big day trip sort of thing. That was something I'd heard of online and people had said that it was a really tranquil lake that was close to Chiang Mai and honestly I thought it sounded cool but I didn't really have high expectations for it. I just kind of thought it would be a lake and so I brought it up to Colin and thought that it would be a nice thing to do since last week we spent a lot of time in the city looking at temples and eating food. It was time to kind of get out. In retrospect, we probably should have thought a little bit more about the logistics of how we were going to get there and back, but we called our ride, got to the lake, and were actually pleasantly surprised. What was your first impression when we got there? The first impression was, I guess, the walk up to the big sign. For those who have not been there, um, which I'm assuming is most of the people that are listening, we get dropped off at the gate. It's a state park. Well, probably not a state park. I don't know what the equivalent would be. Uh, it's the equivalent of what a state park would be in the U.S. You go you, you go up to the gate. You have to pay an entry, entry fee. And then there's a little bit of a drive to the actual thing you're going to see, like the lake. We, we have to walk from the gate to the lake. And there is this huge sign of all these things you can do at the lake. We look at it for maybe two seconds and say, we'll just walk around the lake. Not knowing the true size of the lake or if there would be any shade or anything like that. No, we committed to walking around the lake. So we go around and the first thing we see at the lake are these bungalows? Huts? Huts? Overwater huts? These bungalows or overwater huts or... Just these structures sitting in the, just in the water with numbers on them, and we're like, "How do we get into one of those?" We really wanted to, we really wanted to get in. Turns out there were twenty-ish restaurants that shared, well, not shared. Each restaurant had about sixteen to twenty of these huts over the water that they served. So rough math: four hundred huts on one side of the lake. So we sit in one, we we order some food, we hang out, we take some pictures. It's very beautiful. What did you like about the hut? I really liked that the hut felt like it was totally in a different place. Because Chiang Mai is not a huge city, but it's a noisy city. There's always motorbikes driving by, or people outside, or planes flying overhead, or any number of noisy things. And so when we got to these huts that were literally over the lake it was kind of quiet and it felt like i was in a totally different part of thailand despite being only 20 minutes away from the city 
I also was very amused by the fact that in order to get into the huts, you had to cross this sort of skinny bamboo bridge that was possibly the least stable thing I've ever walked on. Like you put your weight on it and it feels like it's going to snap. But so, of course, we're struggling to get into the hut because we're like walking over the water, kind of balancing and wobbling a little bit. And we finally make it in and we're so proud of ourselves. And then the waitress comes to take our order and she's just like, like right up the bamboo little bridge. And suddenly she's in the hut. And then, of course, she's able to do it with like holding plates of food and holding drinks. And I was just like, are you kidding me? I'm so uncoordinated. And the view. Yeah, it was really, really beautiful. I think we could see the mountain Doisutep, not 100% sure of that, but it was super peaceful, not a cloud in the sky, very sunny. The weather was actually perfect in the shade of the hut because there was a slight breeze and it was just really nice. What did we do after we left the hut? So this is when our walk truly started. We leave, we leave the hut restaurant area and all of a sudden there's no trees. We're, we're walking down this road we we can see the lake. It's a beautiful lake. Uh, lots to look at, but it's also 87, 89 degrees and 70, 80% humidity. We're struggling a little bit. But as we walk, there are what they called water bicycles. So basically it was a tricycle with uh, basically a paddle boat. We We keep walking a little bit, and out of the corner of our eyes, we see these huge animals made out of hay what what did you think when you saw those um my initial thought was what the heck is that because when we say huge we're talking 50 feet tall you don't think less than that 25 feet tall no way yes okay well i thought they were 50 feet anyway there was one that was king kong actually several that were king kong there was an elephant there was a lion there were all kinds of just different animals just made out of hay just along the, the bank of the lake and they were just kind of random but also very cool so then we kept walking and we came to a hill where we saw some what was it bison i don't know what the appropriate word is cows bison i guess it'd be bison yeah just grazing along the the shore of the lake just roaming free just hanging out and we were surprised and then we kept walking and that was when it really started to get hot because we were going uphill it was super super warm and then we turn the corner and we see this temple and that was where colin made his uh friend at the lake it was this little old man that was determined to tell colin about what the temple was he was pointing at different aspects and just talking and talking and talking in thai and we kept trying to explain we don't speak any Thai and just kept shrugging and looking confused and this man was just telling Colin all about this temple and he was so determined that he was going to tell him. I think he was trying to sell me those things on the side that he kept picking up and pointing at. I I think what would have happened if I took the thing from him to look at it, he would have asked for money. You think? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was trying to be a good tour guide, but he just didn't know you didn't speak his language. I think he was trying to sell stuff. Oh, that's a bummer. Anyway, so we make it the rest of the way around the lake, which again, it ended up being a bit bigger than we anticipated. We make it back to the gate, and we're ready to call our ride back to the city, and no one will pick up the ride. 
like we're too far away from the city center and we can't get a driver. And so we kind of stand there for a while going, hmm, what do we do? Because I had signal. It was just the fact that we were so far out. And that was something that we hadn't even really thought about. And so we ended up standing outside of this building and this woman opens her door and asks us if we need a ride. And then as she's calling someone, a tuk-tuk drives up and says, hey, do you guys need a ride? And we tried to haggle with him a bit, rather unsuccessfully, I will say, because we were pretty far away and he knew that probably. And I think we tried to get him down to 250 baht and he just kept saying, no, I want 300. And eventually we just had to kind of go for it because we hadn't really planned how we were going to get back. And so we ended up spending a little bit more than we anticipated to get back, but I still think it was worth the trip. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Very beautiful. All the trees on the mountain, the experience walking around the lake was nice, even though it was hot. I would recommend it. Yeah. So then the next thing that we did that was a major thing was the cooking class. Do you want to give us some context about what exactly we did there? Yeah, so we drive, we have to get a ride to the cooking class office in the main city, the old city. We get there a little early, so we get some tea from across the street. Olivia got a ginger tea, which she absolutely hated. It's very funny watching her drink that. So we get to the place. It's 7.50 a.m. Uh, around 8, 8.15, we get, we all, all the little people, individual people, get into the bus, and we go pick up people from their hotels who were a little closer to the office. Um, so everyone gets in the bus, and we we drive to the main market for Chiang Mai, the the place that all the locals go to to get their their meats, their vegetables, their fruits, that and anything you can think of to that you need to cook with, that you need to do to just feed yourselves. That's where most people go to get their um, their produce, their stuff. And we, we walk around there. They, they talk a little bit about different uh, seasonings like uh, fish sauce, oyster sauce, dark soy, palm sugar. Rices. Different types of rices. all Everything that we would be using and looking at during the actual cooking. Just to give it a little bit more background and, and places to find it if you enjoyed using it. After that, they give us five, ten minutes to walk around the market. And then... We everyone piles back into the bus and then we drive for 30 minutes out into the middle of nowhere into farmland. And I'm like, what did we just get ourselves into? Uh, we knew we were going out to a farm, but I didn't expect the size of the farm. It was pretty big. It was a large farm. So we get to the farm and we then walk around the farm with our instructor explaining the different plants and the different trees and the different leaves and herbs and everything that would we would be using like eggplants there like the Thai basil coriander I thought the rice was the coolest thing personally because I mean obviously I know that rice is plant-based but I had never actually seen a rice plant and while we were there, they had a team of people harvesting the rice that was, I don't know, is it ripe? Is that the right word? Ripe rice. <laughs> but they were pulling it out of the earth and they showed us what it looked like on the plant. And I just thought that was really cool because I'd never seen that before. Yeah, it was very interesting. I, I knew that rice, I knew how rice was grown. 
I've never seen a rice plant up close and known what part of the plant actually became the rice that we ate. And for those of you who don't know, there's just these little grains at the top of all the rice plants. And there's probably, what, 10 grains per leaf? Not a lot of rice per per stem and leaf, but just these little grains at the very top that they pull out and dry and, and process. Yeah, it was really cool to see all the different produce that they had. And so once we finished walking around, we went back to the main cooking area, which looked exactly how most cooking classes do. You have your own little individual station that has a stove and a cutting board and whatnot. And we had chosen out of five different categories what we wanted to make that day. So there was a soup category, there was a curry paste category, a stir fry, a noodle, and a dessert. Mm -hmm. And so once we got there, we started actually doing the cooking pretty much immediately because we had booked a full class and we had a lot of stuff to make. So we started with the soups and I made tom ka gai and you made, what was it, tom yum? And I was just really impressed with that particular one, how fast it came together. I feel like we prepped for maybe five minutes and then I want to say the time on the actual stove was less than that. I will say, yes, that was impressive, but there were ladies behind the scenes prepping everything, most of the things for us, as we were learning how to the how to cook the things. So we would cook or create the soup. The soup concentrate, I want to say, was already there. We just added water to the soup. They already prepared, like they already got out the exact amount of vegetables we needed. They got out everything. So while it did take a short amount of time, we had to do very minimal prep to do it. Yeah, you're right. That's very true. They did cut all the meats and they measured all the things and we just had to do the baby prep. Mm -hmm. So So you made Tom Ka, I made Tom Yum. Then we made the curry paste, which I honestly didn't even know you made. Turns out you just put a lot of spices into a mortar and pestle and you kind of grind them together. Then we made a stir fry with noodles. I made pad thai woon sen with glass noodles and he made pad thai with normal pad thai noodles. Then we did a stir fry and then we actually made the curry with the additional items in it and then we finished off with a dessert. Overall I had a great time. I thought it was super fun. The food was delicious. We ate too much for sure but it was really fun. Yeah I had a great time. I was pleasantly surprised that through us cooking in the States, have picked up a lot of the techniques that they actually used or they taught to us in our own cooking. So watching, learning how to make certain dishes, certain Asian dishes at home actually prepared us for the Thai cooking class. Definitely. What was your favorite thing they ate that day? Oh, that's such a tough question. I I really enjoyed the stir fry we made. I don't think I'm a sticky rice fan. I don't think I enjoy the consistency of sticky rice. It might just be that coconut milk is in it. I, I, I'm coming to find out I'm, I'm not a huge fan of coconut milk, I think. Such a shame. Coconut milk is delicious. My favorite thing we made was the soup because I love Tom Ka. And being able to control the amount of spice that I put into it was very much my speed. The last big thing we did was Chang Rai. 
so much happened in Chiang Rai. We we get to the bus station and we, we actually get off to Chiang Rai perfectly fine. No issues on the bus. We get into Chiang Rai and the first day was awesome. We we went to lunch at this very cute, um, I forget what it's called, Hungry Nest, Bird Nest or something. But they had amazing bread and amazing sandwiches. And so we started off there. So we eat lunch, we check into our hostel get as unpacked as we can in a hostel uh, and then we're like oh my gosh what do we do today so we end up walking to a temple and this was a 45 minute walk 3.1 well three kilometers each way so three kilometers is a little over a mile and a half because a 5k is three miles 3.1 miles a little over a mile and a half each way which not a big deal it's just the route that our map told us to go, took us on the highway. We had to walk on the highway to this temple. There's no sidewalk for context. Yeah, no sidewalk. So we're walking on the highway and there's a little bit of a shoulder. We're walking on the grass. It, it feels relatively safe. It could be safer, absolutely, but it was relatively safe. And then we get to the river that goes through Chiang Rai and we have to go over the bridge. There is no pedestrian path on this bridge there is no way to get across unless you want to walk on the road on the bridge with minimal shoulder we say absolutely not we're calling a grab but we finally get to the blue temple what was your thoughts of the blue temple i thought it was really cool it was one of my favorite temples that we've seen because it had such a unique color most of the temples we've seen have been variations of red and gold and white. And this one was bright blue and white. And there was a huge water feature with a Buddha outside the front. There was another thing off to the left that was like vibrant blue. And then there was the inside of the temple itself, which was also a bright blue. I just thought the whole thing was really unique. And I also have to throw in there that I had some really great ice cream after we left the temple. <laughs> With some unique toppings. Uh, it was coconuts with peanuts and some sort of gelatin. It was a treat. So we're leaving the temple. And we're, we say to ourselves, we're not walking back the way it told us to come. We'll go back the other way, which adds a couple minutes to the walk. But, you know, safer, right? So we're walking down this street. The first street that we're on, it's a relatively busy street, no sidewalk. We are walking on the edge of the road. Uh, and then we get to a, a, I would say the main street in Chiang Rai, um, the main one that goes north-south. So we, we get to that one. There is a sidewalk, luckily, and we grab some teas because it's hot and we're walking. We, we, need, we need something to cool us off. We find a cactus plant store, um, and... It was very cute. The owner talked to us a little bit. He was very excited to hear about Arizona, um, where we came from. And I walked into maybe six spider webs in that store. <laughs> um, but so we continue walking down the street. It's And then we get to the river. Yet again, there's a bridge. There's no visible pedestrian path. Olivia is complaining that she cannot see because the sun is so direct in her eyes and she has blue eyes so her eyes are a little bit more sensitive to sunlight um and we are 
walking across. We decide to walk across this bridge. I'm like, babe, I don't want to walk across this bridge. I don't want to do it. And he's like, come on, we got to do it. I'm like, I don't want to. And he's like, we're doing it. And I like begrudgingly follow him. I have one hand up over my face, shielding it because it's that time of day where the sun is just directly in your eyes. It's hot. It's humid. I'm miserable. I'm scared I'm going to get hit by a car. But we are like trudging across this bridge in Chiang Rai. And we get maybe... I don't know, 20 meters, 30 meters in, and we suddenly realize, oh boy, there was a pedestrian bridge. You just had to take a completely alternate route. We are walking on this road that I did not want to walk on, and then I had to climb a wall to get over to the pedestrian bridge, and overall, I'm going to say I would not recommend that route unless you know where the pedestrian street is. When we say wall, it was a hip-height concrete barrier that you just had to sit on and swing your legs over it was still a wall (laughs) but we finally get to the best pedestrian bridge we feel a lot safer and are able to cross the river so that was the first weird thing that happened that day Mm -hmm. so we get home we go to the night market we walk around eat some good food go up to the at the rooftop of the hostel they had some bean bags some chairs and stuff met some people drank some beer had a good night we wake up because oh it's time to check out and go to the bus station we need to get our bus ticket what happens well we walk up we're fully prepared we were thinking we were gonna take a bus out later that afternoon so we walk up and we say hello we'd like the bus back to chiang mai maybe around four or five and the lady goes sold out and we said um how about any other bus she says, sold out whole day. And we kind of look at each other like, whole day? And so we kept, at first I was not willing to accept it because I was thinking maybe it was a language thing and she didn't understand what we were saying. But then it became very clear that there were no buses available that day. And the soonest we could possibly even get on a bus was like afternoon the next day. So we immediately pretty much went into problem solving mode. And I booked us another night at the hostel, and then we kind of looked at each other and said, Okay, what are we doing now? So, there was a small accident with the moped. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, we are both okay. We, there are no injuries. There was just a small accident with a moped that cost us $100. So, we are staying. We had to pay for another day of the hostel. We pay for the damages to the moped. We have to pay buy more food while we're there it just became a lot more pricey than we were expecting we also didn't have clothes to wear for the (laughs) for the next day Uh, so i think we at least i brought sweatpants and a jacket just in case it was cold i ended up wearing those on the bus ride back overall just that extra day starting off with not getting a bus ticket was was a rough day i don't i think after the whole moped thing, I laid in bed from, like, 2 until 8 o'clock at night. I just did not want to move. Like, it was a bad day. Yeah, I've had better days here in Thailand. <laughs> we did eventually get on the bus the next day, came back. It was not super eventful, and it was kind of nice for me on the ride home because I actually felt like I was going home which I was a cool realization was that Chiang Mai currently feels like home. It's not just uh, the Airbnb, but this is our temporary home. Did you have that feeling? Yeah, absolutely. 
So for this last segment of today's podcast, we wanted to kind of rapid fire some observations and things that we've noticed here in Thailand that we think are either humorous or interesting or confusing so that if you ever come to Thailand, you will at least know about these things ahead of time. So the first thing that I noticed when we got to Thailand is that it's very difficult to find trash cans out in public. They're just not everywhere so if you order food from like a to-go place you probably are going to be holding on to your trash until you get back to your place or until you get into some sort of major chain yeah for me uh being saluted as we enter and exit a building is interesting to me i i find that humorous but also it feels weird a little bit yeah you feel very important i'll also add that the drinks here in Thailand are significantly more expensive than the food. So you it's no problem to find a dinner for 50 or 60 baht. No problem. That's what? How many dollars is a that? dollar and a half. dollar and a half, two dollars. Um, but drinks typically start around 250 baht. And so not that that is expensive by U.S. standards, but it's definitely much more than the food would be. So that was just something that caught me off guard. Another thing that surprised me about the culture here is that when you go to a restaurant and you order an appetizer and let's say two entrees they'll just bring the the food as it's done so you might get the appetizer at the same time as an entree you might get one entree and then 20 minutes later the other entree because they just bring it out when it's done so that it doesn't get cold but that was something that surprised me a lot another thing that i noticed is that the right of way for pedestrians is not such a given here and so sometimes you have to wait quite a while to cross the street because there are just so many cars that are going so fast and even if you're standing at a crosswalk they don't always stop for you and so you just kind of have to commit and go for it we also just wanted to say that we have set up a venmo for anyone who wants to contribute to our trip we don't expect anything um, it's more that a couple of friends have expressed interest in it so we just want to open it up to everyone the venmo is at takeoff to travel, all lowercase, no spaces, anything like that. T A K E O F F T O T R A V E L. Takeoff to travel. Yeah, we really appreciate anything you want to send, but we definitely do not expect it. We or just, need it. Yeah, we're in good shape, but if you want to buy us a dinner, we won't say no. But I think that's all we're going to talk about today. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Next time, I think we'll have some closing thoughts about Chiang Mai because we'll be just about to head off to Vietnam. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.